Welcome to the Indie Film Review with me, Dan, <laughs> and um, Jared is here too. Hi, Jared. <laughs> I, I saw you look up and go, oh shit, what is his name again? Oh fuck, <laughs> who is this guy? Who is this guy? I love that little voice you did, by the way, too. Hello. Characters you're yeah, working he's, he's me. <laughs> Hello, it's me. Hello, normal human man. <laughs> Uh, what is this show, Dan? I'm so oh, This confused. is a show where we take independent films, we sit them yeah. in a chair, and mm-hmm. we tell them how good or bad they are. Oh, we, that's... We, they we, probably... We, we smack their wrists with rulers, and we send them on their way back to class. <laughs> Ooh, do we wear, like, sexy nun outfits, yes, too? And yes, like, mm, yes, You better behave. Yes. Uh, I'm into this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, d- uh, we watched a film, Dan. That's what we do. We yes. watch independent films here. Correct. The film that we watched this week is sent to us by Robert Christopher Smith. He is the director and co-writer of oh. a film called Vengeance Turns, Volume yeah. 1. And also, uh, the co-writer is Amanda Fry. So it's Robert and Amanda both wrote this together. Um, I'm looking at the IMDb page right now, and the the cover art is so cool. Yeah, it's got like her. It's and like hand drawn. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like it's drawn. Yeah, or painted. Yeah, it looks neat. I like it a lot. Uh, so what happens in this movie, Dan? Without spoiling it. Oh boy. So we we this is a western. Yes. Y'all. 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 Y'all come back now. Y'all here? Y'all, we're gonna take y'all back down to the 1870s. Giddy up, giddy up, y'all. <laughs> giddy down. So it's it's a western that takes place in western times. We'll say hell yeah, and, I love westerns. Um, it's about a woman who is uh, sympathetic towards mm-hmm. the Native Americans, where the rest of her town is not. And yeah, yeah, yeah. the rest of the town is very bigoted and they're like, oh, we can't help these savages because they're terrible and they, they just make our lives awful. And then she's like, well, no, but they don't listen to her. Anyway, mm-hmm. one night. <laughs> that was her argument is, but no, though. And they're like, one night no. um, she is attacked by people who are not Native Americans, but are dressed mm-hmm. up like Native Americans. Yes. And... um. Her, well, she's just some really bad stuff happens, and and then um, a revenge story. A revenge story unfolds. Yes, yes. (laughs) I was was about to spoil the whole thing. Really bad stuff. (laughs) Very classic revenge tale. Um, Looking at some of the, the like fun stuff at the end of this, it 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 is very obvious that this is part one yes. of a series and that also this was heavily influenced by like older Westerns and everything. I thought that was really yes, fun. Absolutely. Um, and also after, yeah. cause at the end of the credits, you get to see like a preview for part two and man, I'm looking forward to part two. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about the preview for part two in spoilers because it is, I am so hyped. It felt like it was really going into like an exploitation genre that I really, really can dig of just like, let's just have like sexy ladies with guns and let's, let's just get insane. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that. <laughs> let's go. I mean, okay. So Dan, question for you. Yes. This film was broken up into chapters. Yes. Do you feel like the chapter breakdown of each like little section, do you think it helps? It hurts? 
Does it matter? How do you feel about it? Um, hmm. it? It didn't take away from the film, but it also didn't feel like it needed to be there. Maybe if volume two and volume one were the whole movie, like if, if, if this were like a three hour movie, then mm-hmm. they would have been necessary. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah, because I kind of didn't like, it felt like the chapters would spoil what's going to happen. Mm. Um, there was some funny chapter names though like one of them was just like everybody dies so i'm like well okay (laughs) (laughs) i wonder what's gonna happen um but i thought that was kind of fun but uh okay question uh you go dan yes jared how did you feel about um the music score oh so i thought the music score was pretty good it it was like it wasn't too invasive to what was going on um it, it it didn't it didn't stand out to me, but I thought it was fine. It was good for what the movie was doing. Yeah. The 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 real the issue that I had with the film was the sound quality when people were talking mm-hmm. was real rough. And um, unfortunately that did affect yeah, my enjoyment of the film. I, 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 I will I will agree to that. Um I think the sound design overall could have been polished a little bit more. I think what probably happened was um, they didn't get good sound out in the the yes. location, so they redid the dialogue, and like you can just mm-hmm. tell that it's recorded in a different room, like soundproof. Honestly, I would have rather this entire film been re-recorded all the all the dialogue in a sound booth and mm. just had their mouths be slightly off yeah. because whenever they did that, at least I could hear it crisply mm-hmm. and i you know i was able to follow along because i was like losing plot points with mm. certain characters like i don't know what this character is saying in this scene and i have headphones on you know so uh definitely some issues with the audio there i'm hoping in part two they managed to fix a lot of the uh the audio problems with that how did you feel about some of the like location shots they were doing? Like some of the outside scenes, the inside the house, like how that was handled. I thought they were really well done. Um, yeah, I thought they were good. Like it wasn't that um, there, there aren't that many places that they're going to be in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's only the house and then there's only like the, the native American camp and then mm-hmm. that's basically it. And then there's like other miscellaneous houses. There was the like, at the beginning there was the town. I think everything was well constructed, basically. Like set design yeah, was I th- good. I, and look- I thought they did a good uh, good job of what they had. And I actually I really liked because the reason I bring this up is I liked the Native American huts. Yes. There was like two or three of them. Yes. And and they had a great shot of them like walking from one to the other. And I was like, man, this is great. Because you know, like just out of frame, there's nothing else. But they made it look like it was like this this really cool little Native American uh, village. And I was like, oh, they did a great job. All right. So, <laughs> I have two questions. One, I'm going to address okay. the the um, Native American elephant in the room. Oh, all right. Um. Dan, there weren't any elephants in this film, so yes, I don't know right. what you're going to say right now. Well, also, they're not native to America. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. You just—that's really dumb. no. We're, I want to talk about the female um, Native American. Her name is Delicate Poison, and her brother is like, oh yeah, her, okay. Her, her her brother's name is Ghost, who protects with knives or something. <laughs> That was great. Okay, first of all, I love both of their names. Yeah. So if that was part of the question, so, the answer is yes. No, no, no. no. The, the question great. is, Delicate Poison does not seem to um, hail from from Native hmm. America. <laughs> she, huh. seems, she, she seems, seems to, to hail, hail from, from jolly old England. <laughs> yes, I don't understand what they were going for with that. I don't know if that was intentional. 
because the brother he seems and acts like he's Native American. Yeah. I think they actually got a Native American actor to play him. Um, but yeah. The... Well, I mean, I I don't doubt that she is Native American, but like, I don't know why. I don't know why she, she spoke in like a British she, accent. She was yes. Um, it was strange. I don't know if there was a line that they explained that, but uh, I I didn't. I, didn't I missed it. it. She kind of gave me like Q vibes. Like she was yeah. gonna like start handing them gadgets yeah. and be like, "This wristwatch, uh, you know, <laughs> has antacids in case your tummy feels bad." And then you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. But yeah, um, overall, it didn't really hurt my enjoyment. No, it didn't. I, just kinda I was, was like, just... "This is strange." <laughs> exactly. It's kind of fun. Exactly. Like it I... doesn't fit, but whatever. I, I feel like there's a lot of things in this film that like kind of don't fit, but make it fun while you're watching it. Because yes. This, this is a very low-budget film. Yes. Of course. Uh, there is some jank to it. Um, jank. But overall, yeah. I, well, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> no, There's some I, jank like, in jank it. Jank is, to me, a term of endearment. I just... just, just, just yeah. Just to hear it said that way is funny. Well, because well, usually you apply that to, like, video games. You're yeah. like, man, this, this video game is really great, but it's janky. Um, and that's like glitchy or strange because like there's some audio things in this that are a little weird there's some editing things in this that are a little weird but overall I was still having fun watching this absolutely we can get into spoilers okay I I think we can get into spoilers now let's do it alright so Uh, we're gonna spoil this film so this film Vengeance Turns uh, it is still in the theater circuit right yeah it's it's in festival and distribution phase right now so it'll be it'll be available soon um, within probably a year. I don't know. Don't quote us on that. Just look it up. Mm. Look at what, what it's about. It's already on IMDb. Just Vengeance Turns 2022. Yeah. yeah. Volume one. Uh, hell yeah. So one of the first things I wanted to talk about is I just want to give a shout out, a freaking shout out to Azim Vecchio, who oh, plays Simon? Simon. Yeah, Simon's awesome. Simon killing it. That was fantastic he's my favorite character i love how goofy and just like childlike he is there's a scene with him uh he's like training with the native american guy ghost and he's just just so hot like happy and gleeful he is and then the other guy's like taking everything so seriously fantastic i really really like that a lot (laughs) he was great um, but yeah, go ahead, Dan. There is a scene in this film that sets the the pace of the movie. Ah, uh, yeah. And, um, it is a lot darker than I mm-hmm. expected. Like, period. It was, it was disturbing. It really, yeah. it took me by surprise and I'm like, huh, <laughs> I, may well, okay. to, I may need to pause my film after like, this. I almost feel like this scene is disturbing you more like it, it really hit you and then that other film we watched that had like a similar kind of a thing going on mm-hmm. and then that other film the dunes yeah. had like a similar like very very heavy scene where i was like oh no yeah. this is crazy and you were like yeah you know it's in the movie i i guess explain what happened basically these dudes come in and they're pretending to be native americans because they're just trying to like spread native american hate Hate, yeah, and, um, and kind of cover their tracks, yeah, because they're there to steal a document. I forget exactly what, but it's like some kind of land ownership thing. So they 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 come in, and the first thing they fucking do is well, first thing they do is they incapacitate the dad, and then they murder the children. Yeah, and they show it like it's yeah, it's for a budget like this, 
and how realistic that looked. That was insane. Mm-hmm. And then they and those killed little the kids dad. got to play dead. I know. <laughs> then they killed dad, and then oh the main dude. Um, I forgot it was like Jeffrey or something. I don't know, but his son is the Simon. Villain. So yeah. the villain's son is Simon, and he comes in. And he's like, "Hey, Simon, get over here and rape this lady." And Simon's like, "Uh, what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Before that, and I will say that the the guy who plays the villain is really good too. Yes. I like him a lot. Yes. Um, they scalp her first. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Then the rape scene begins, yes. and you're like, "What the fuck?" Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, just he, but Simon refuses. He runs away, and his dad is about to kill him. His dad is about to kill him for not raping this lady. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah. "You know what? He, I'm gone." And he runs, and he's like, "Yeah, you better run, you little boy. I better not see you ever again, or I'll kill you." And it's like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" He, like, there's one point where the dad is trying to take his son's pants off so he can have sex with this unconscious lady who's been scalped, and he can watch. And I'm like, "Okay, uh, maybe not a great family life." situation going on here um but yeah so simon manages to get away because simon's only there to be the lookout and he's kind of like just kind of there because his dad told him to and i don't know if he knew what was going to be happening inside and he he Mm kind of comes in he's like oh no this is insane i i was almost hoping for a scene between the villain father and simon and maybe his gang but like before they go attack that would have made a lot of sense yes just to get a little more backstory on Simon and like how, what he's feeling, um, because he really just seemed to like pop out of nowhere, like yeah. halfway through this home yeah. invasion scene. Um, yeah, just a little more establishing on him and his character. I thought he but was just—I thought he was just like a, a servant or something, like somebody. Yeah, that, just some rando yeah. they found. Yeah. Anyway, here is what I don't know. This film to me needs part two to be complete. Because, well, sure, yeah. Well, no, because here, here's why. Here's my critique of it. That scene is so heavy and dark that the mm-hmm. rest of the film is basically like a Jackie Chan drunken master training montage. Like it's lighthearted. You know what I mean? Like Simon. Yeah, Simon yeah. gets to be Simon and goofy and doofy, and you know um, Mia or Rebecca. She gets to like have like these dramatic moments where she's kind of talking and it's all filled Mm -hmm. with drama and there's no action. There's a little bit of action towards the end. And I do like there, there's some parts of like whenever Rebecca freaks out during the training, that was really good. But those parts are so few and far between that I'm imagining the, the next volume is going to be nothing but like the exploitation, like you're talking about. So it it feels like this this volume one feels lopsided without seeing the rest of the story. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, I think I feel like to to be fair, to be fair, one more time, one more thing to be fair. I think they are showing both volume one and volume two and the festival circuit together, but they only have the, the volume one is the screener. So gotcha. I mean, I feel like they should have just put the whole thing together and and put an intermission in between like an old school, film I, that would have been great but uh or maybe break it up into like a mini series i don't know there's a few things you could have done no. i mean it, honestly no, it, does, no it works either way it works what they're doing too you know part i'm tired one, part i'm that's, tired that's of cool. miniseries let's go back to three R movies dan <laughs> 38 part miniseries 
Avatar it's Way of the great. World. You're going to love it. Yes, Avatar Way of the Other Element that we are established. It's called Freedomium. And you have to free you have to find it for dummy um. But the more you consume, the dumber you get. Oh, yeah. Ooh, uh, think about it. So Wake up, <laughs> sheeple. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, dude. I have no idea what I'm saying right now. I think a lot of independent films have trouble with what I'm about to say, and that would be the tonal shifts. Yeah. There's no there's no gradual step into or build up into like the heinous act or the the one from 100 you know uh -huh. it, it really feels like i'm gonna show you the most fucked up shit you've ever seen in your entire life and then the very next scene is like like a silly fun scene with like a puppy dog and a guy is like oh i'm just a silly character i don't know it just feels like it it it, it really can jump back and forth a lot and I, I feel like that's one of the hardest things for filmmakers uh to to hit on is you don't want to give your audience whiplash with what is going on on the screen, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it is, it can be fun and necessary. And I think this is something you've brought up before in other episodes where like that big hit of this is like a crazy thing that's just happened. And then we go back. Mm -hmm. I think that can work. It just, it's harder. It's way harder to do that in a film. Well, it, yeah, I, to I get agree. it to work. I agree. And like I said, I think volume two is going to be filled with really, really, really crazy shit. But so after Mia trains for like a day, we also know that she's creating her Wolverine. Um, hand. Yo, the Wolverine <laughs> hand is so cool. It's like this three pronged metal uh, gauntlet that she's made. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm liking this. So, and she, they trained for like a month. I think it's like a couple months. No, they, they, the, to be fair, they train. Well, they, but, the reason why she does this so they train for a little bit and then she goes back home to see her house and the to devastation, like to, yeah. to, to just relive it and to like put it to the rest and then she's going out for vengeance but along the way they find um somebody who looks like simon's dad yeah and she goes ape shit because they're like trying to kill a family and rob they're, them. They're robbing yeah. a family. Basically. Anyway, so her, the process of apeship goes, I'm going to get off my horse and I'm going to run straight at the henchman bad guy and punch him in the face with my claw. And that was yeah. intense because it looked real. It looked so It real. looked really great. <laughs> that was fun. Um, so the transformation with what was her name originally rebecca yeah it's rebecca so rebecca mm. becomes mia i thought this was like the only part of the film that just didn't need to be there period for me it was so at first i thought I'm like this is strange so what happens is mia is this very soft-spoken uh reserved girl who's like fed up with all the other women in her town talking badly about native americans and and filling yes. them with stereotypes and and then she she lives with her really uh, nice husband Michael and their two kids and you know they have a conversation they have dinner together and blah 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 and after the big event let's call it uh, she becomes even her voice sounds different mm -hmm. like a completely different yeah. character and I don't know if this was intentional or 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 what but I. It's almost like the trauma was so much for her because for a while she couldn't even speak. She was very animalistic in okay, her behavior. Okay, you've kind of, you've kind of got me on your side about that. That makes. I don't. Sense. Over the course of time, I was like, yeah, she's definitely acting differently, 
Um, and then I kind of started to enjoy how she is just like something has taken over her where she's not even herself yeah. anymore. Like well, she's yeah, that, not fit, that person. That, that fit that she had whenever she was training and she like, she like destroyed the person that she was sparring with, but then she went yes. ape shit and like ghost had to like to, to, to calm her down via his yeah. half Nelson or whatever he put her in. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's almost like Simon is the conscience and, and he's the Geppetto. He's like the good person. And like, she is hey, the you need to... Yeah. And, and, and Mia is just, Pinocchio. Vengeance manifest. Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Mia is a wooden puppet who wants to be a real boy. No, it's... Mia is not so much a fully realized character anymore and just the spirit of vengeance. Yes. And it kind of works because I almost don't... Like, it's hard to even sympathize with Mia anymore because she's a bad character. She's, like, evil. Yeah. She fucking murders and brutalizes people. Even someone, like, people who do bad things, she's almost like the Punisher in that way. Yeah. To where it's like, hey, you're robbing these people. You probably don't deserve to die, but I'm going to, like, stab your eyes out and, and like, sever your spine because uh, you kind of remind me of the person who who hurt me. So (laughs) you're just like, oh, my God. So I we'll see where that dynamic goes. I kind of, again, like at first I was like, I don't know. But as the film went on, I kind of started getting into it. It's like, okay, Simon's there to help you, to help with the blows of how insane yeah. that other character is. So it kind of works. So the whole, the whole thing that I got was like, so whenever Simon first finds her after she's been scalped, um, mm-hmm. she's like kind of crawling to to oblivion and um she keeps saying mia more mia more because that's what her husband yeah. said to her. and then he misheard like that, that saying like see that that's why i'm saying i didn't like it but after you explain what you just explained that makes a lot more sense where she's no longer rebecca she is just yeah. this embodiment of vengeance that is like the last thing that she had to hold on to was her husband saying mia more so mm-hmm. Simon mistakenly calls her Mia because of that. So that makes that makes a lot more sense. So never mind my initial yeah, comment about and then she, it. Well, no, it's okay. I mean, and I think it's so fun that she refers to herself as Mia, too. Well, yeah, because... And because she's like, I'm not that person anymore, really. I, like, that's kind of how I thought of it. Again, I think I felt the same way as you, where I was, like, a little confused and turned off by it. So, Dan, I kind of feel like... If we're talking about like classic westerns and what I like about a western, there was no standoff. There was no classic standoff. This is something I want to see in the sequel. We could have had that in the film. Um, there was no like, here are the bad guys and their names, and let's explain who they are. Because if you're going to use title cards and chapters, you need to like, how fun would it be to be like the the wrangler or mm-hmm. the you know, the, the baby man, you know, I don't know. I'm grasping at straws here. You can tell, but like have like cool title cards under the character's names or have a character explain like, Oh, this guy's the, he's the rootness, tootness warrior in the West, you know, like that kind of a, like really lean into the, the silliness and the fun of what Westerns can be. Um, Cause when I think Westerns, I think of like cool trick shots. I think of like, fun fun little gimmicks like that and the film kind of does get bogged down too much with the training Mm -hmm. um i feel like because the training the first training montage i loved with simon and ghost 
We could have had just Mia, Simon, and Ghost training montage all at the same time and then gone right into their adventure to go back home and just had a bunch of different things happen on their adventure for her to go put closure to who Rebecca was. And now it's just Mia yeah. and her, on her quest of vengeance. I think that would have been really cool. Um, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. What, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, it just seems like the, the extra training in there, like, that gives it the opportunity for her to fly off the handle like she does. But yeah. I, I agree that could have been handled earlier and we could have had mm. more adventure. And then that would have led us, that 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 would have felt more um, complete as a whole to volume one that doesn't necessarily need the volume two yet. You know what I mean? Like, there's more closure in yeah, volume like, one. Yeah, like, if this was an anime story arc, which is what I break down everything into, <laughs> we could have had a side villain or side story with them going on this big adventure to go to her house, and then maybe they meet the lookalike person that she confuses with the villain, you know? And then he could have his own backstory or, like, stuff going on. Um... Well, yeah, like make this like the mini arc episode that builds into the big tournament arc, which will be part two. <laughs> <laughs> How many tournaments? Know. Anyways, are there, Dan, uh, final final thoughts for you, Dan. What do you think? Um, again, I can't wait for part two. Like, I really, I really want to watch it. I want to have complete completeness to the story. Um, it, yeah, it just th- we already talked about it, but the sound was the biggest detriment to it. Outside of yeah, that, big like, issue. Yep. Outside of that, everything was wonderful. Because, like, even though the sound was the issue, I still got through the movie, like, and I understood it. And it was, like, it was a fun romp, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I thought the camera work was good. I enjoyed uh, some of the some of the shots were pretty fun. Like, there's a shot with um, Simon is, like, looming over this guy he's about to shoot. And he's trying to tell him, like, please don't pick this gun up. You pick this gun up, I'm going to shoot you. And I, I really liked some of the compositions with, with uh, the single shots that they were doing with subjects. Um, Sometimes characters would be a little long winded with dialogue. Yeah. I feel like there are certain parts where they could condense that, where you don't want a big run on sentence, like how me and Dan talk during this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) It's not good. (laughs) You don't want that in the film. Anyways, uh, and yeah, of course, the audio. We already talked about that. So yeah, uh, Dan, yes. you do plug now. Yes, you can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. Um, I believe this film came from our Instagram. So we answer yeah. Instas. We answer emails. Just send us where you can send us, and we will get it. Yeah. We will watch it, and we will... Review it. Um, we have a Patreon um, that is Indie Film Review or Patreon.com slash Indie Film Review. Uh, $1 tier, yep. $3 tier, $5 tier. If you are a filmmaker, that $5 tier is for you. Our waiting list for films is about five to, or six months. And um, mm-hmm. uh, it takes a while to get to it, but if you give us five bucks, then we will um, put your film on a shorter list and we'll get to it faster. Absolutely. Oh, I wanted to say something really quick. So the teaser at the end, one of the. One of the things they tease is the voice of darkness. Mm -hmm. And it's like this crazy looking guy. He's like, I will kill you all. I'm like, what the fuck is this? 
<laughs> that that looked really, really fun. And then there was like a cavalcade of very pretty women with guns walking towards the camera. Yes. And I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I want more of this. Yes. Like, this is what I want. <laughs> I'm like, this looks so fun and campy. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, so, yeah, please get please get hyped for part two. Uh, thanks again for listening. I appreciate you. Uh, please tell your family, tell your friends, family. don't get, uh, you know, don't turn into the spirit of vengeance unless you need to, unless you really need to. I mean, who am I to tell you what to be and not, and not be? Uh, so yeah, uh, thanks again, everybody. I'm dying. Dan, give me your best yeehaw. Yeehaw. Thank you very much, <laughs> boys and girls. And that's where we go with the end of film review. And I shall see you next week. And next week we will be here where you will always find us. Right in your ear hole. Good night. Searching for a D&D podcast that tells a twisted and macabre tale, set in a world under siege by cosmic horrors. One that will make you fear for what lurks in the darkness and question your own grasp on reality? To bear witness to a party's struggle against their inner demons as they walk the thin line between hero and villain, while their sanity frays and falls apart at the seams. Keeping good humor and a joke on their lips as all they know and love crumbles away. The chanting of cults, the corruption of mortals, the nightmares of the cosmos and the whispering of dark gods all awaits you in Gunpowder, Treason, No Plot, a 5th edition D&D podcast. Be sure to listen on any of your favorite podcast providers. Part of the Necropoticon Network. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen.